This episode is brought to you in part by Lefevre Landscaping, Extreme Detail and LKN, Chance Owens with EXP Realty, and Deep Blue Renovations. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. We are back in the studio. We are back to what we normally do uh, in the in the garage out here. Um, the last episode I know was a little iffy, a little off, a little uh, had some wind noise in there. Had a lot of stuff going on with the last episode, and I I get it, I understand, and um, and we were just trying something different, so. Uh, big thank you to to everybody that reached that reached out and uh, texted me and called me and everything else like that, making sure everything was okay, that we were all right. Uh, because the podcast did not get out, I tried to make a um, post um, on Facebook and on Instagram and stuff like that to let everybody kind of know that we were having issues. But e- even just making the post, I still couldn't hardly get it out. So. Um, but big thank you to everybody that reached out. Big thank you to our sponsors um, that we that we've got uh, now that we've got going on. Uh, some different people we picked up another sponsor um, last week or two weeks ago or something like that, um, and they've been extremely good uh, for for what we got going on here. Um, and if you want to be a sponsor, uh, let me know. If you want to be on the show, let me know. Um, go and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, give us a like, a follow, five-star review and everything like that. And we're going to get right into this episode right now. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast today. Today we have a return guest on from the second episode, um, that we had on here brandon brandon is on today and we're going to talk uh about hunting brandon what's up buddy hey man how's it going it's going good going good how's uh how's uh how's your weekend been been busy uh, it's been a busy one trying to get up with you today has been uh more strenuous than we thought it was going to be that's for you sure ain't kidding dude um as of yesterday i, I thought that i had nothing planned i i thought you know i might get up in the morning and go hunt and um you know brandon was talking about coming up here and hunting if we if he can make it um and then brandon said you know he didn't think he could make it up here to hunt but he could definitely make it up here to do the podcast and then um yeah we just didn't even get to do the freaking hunting thing or anything because my wife had other stuff planned Son, you need to learn to communicate with your wife better. Yeah. All right. Okay. I hear you. Uh, I'm pretty sure Hannah Hannah will be listening to this episode later. I'm pretty sure I'll get you back on there for that one. She don't listen to. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Nah. If it's about hunting, fishing, or me, she ain't about it. Oh my gosh. I made her listen to the first one, and that was that went. The first one you were on, or the first episode? First one I was on. Oh, okay. And yeah. she and she thought it was stupid. I mean, it wasn't her cup of tea. I mean, to be honest, I don't like listening to her podcast. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. So um, we're kind of we're kind of switching gears a little bit on the podcast. We have been extremely uh, what I feel like we have been extremely fishing heavy. 
um, we have had some, you know, hunting stories and, and stuff mixed in, but we've been, you know, about the Cape Lookout trip. We've been about all this other stuff or whatever. And usually, uh, the way that it works for me is after the big Cape Lookout trip and after, you know, about another one or two trips, I'm usually about done fishing for the year, um, whenever November rolls in. So when November rolls in, I kind of switch gears. I don't, I don't know if you really have anything like that, that you do Brandon or not. I mean, do you, do you kind of, you kind of switch gears or you, you kind of just, I mean, I'm not the biggest bow hunter, uh, mosquitoes, they tear me apart and, uh, I'm not a fan of climbing up in a tree and, and sweating to death walking in and then you know you've lost your scent and you're sweating and so yeah around november um november 5th this year i really start switching gears shooting the muzzle loader checking the trail cameras a little bit more just you know just getting ready because uh as you're well well uh down here in iowa county when november 5th or whenever the date comes open that's what we best guess would be the prime rut season right 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 so if boy's gonna he's gonna screw up it's gonna be during the first weeks of muzzle hey, the first he might he might come on out there and take take a look at the ladies there you know he might give you a nice little broadside shot at 100 yards i mean and you're gonna miss him anyways but hey, i mean you can have it <laughs> first of all oh i've only like 17 deer in my life yeah all right that, hey that's a that's a respectable number 17 deer this is the only ones that you miss that's but nice. i've shot at 19 okay so all right hey you know hey whatever whatever <coughs> it's yeah uh, the funny thing is is so i kind of switched gears from from fishing to hunting now i, I bow hunt too but i i'm not as big into bow hunting as what i used to be I used to be huge into it. Like, I did not care if it was 85 degrees open today. I was going to be in the deer stand. And I think a lot of us have been like that. Like, a, a lot of people have been, you know, diehard bow hunters in their life, and then it's kind of, like, trickled out, you know. Because I ain't sitting in that daggum deer stand sweating all day. I mean, I guess you could – I don't know. It's just – I don't know. It ain't, it ain't never really been my favorite time. And I'll be honest with you, muzzle loading is really not my cup of tea either. Really? It is so aggravating. And we'll talk about it later on. Um, just, they are so particular. Right. Is, did the powder get wet? Is there oil in the barrel? Is, you know, it's just, is the primer good? Is the powder dry? It's just. Yeah. And then when it goes off and everything's right, you can't see if you hit the deer. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know what you mean about that. So a, a lot of people um, question me. And, and you know, ask me why why I don't muzzleloader hunt, and it's not because of the fact that I don't like to. The biggest deer I've ever shot in my life, the biggest deer that I have to my name on my wall, was shot with a muzzleloader. Oh yeah, that's and, when you're gonna kill. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and I firmly believe that. But here here's the problem. Here, here's the here's the issue that we have up here in this great county that I live in. By God, Burke County is uh, there's there's so much stuff to say about this county, and a lot of it's negative. So we just don't even really mention a whole lot of it. 
But um, one thing about deer season in Burke County is it's the worst deer season in, in all of North Carolina. Probably of all the United States, if I had to guess. It is. It, for me, it's confusing. It is. And I, and I almost think that they do it just so that they, that they can catch you. You, 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 I mean, it's so confusing. We'll go up there and hunt at Jared's place, and it'd be a Wednesday. You can kill a deer, but you go back next morning. Oh no, Brandon, this is not. We can't kill a buck today. It's yeah, dope. yeah, and and what? that's what I don't know. I, I there's been there's some theories about it, and I've talked to a lot of people up here. Whenever I first moved up here, I didn't realize that the season like had changed because I mean, it, with it only being two counties away from Iredell County. You don't you don't think it's that much different, but it is like tremendously different. And whenever I first moved up here, first started hunting up here, I was like, "This is a joke, man! Like, this is a oh. joke." Oh yeah. So I I for anybody that doesn't know or has or has not ever hunted in Burke County or doesn't know the season and has no clue what I'm talking about, I'm gonna read you off the dates and how our season goes. And Brandon can agree with me. There's a lot of people that will agree with me on this. When the dates that we have for muzzleloader and the dates that we have, you know, for, for everything else, they just don't match up with anything. Like, there's no rhyme or reason why they do it. I, I don't think. But, you know, that's North Carolina wildlife for you, which I have – few choice words for North Carolina live wildlife and actually I I know a um oh it's a, he's a chairman on the board or whatever and um I talked to him and I told him I said you know I really like to get you on the podcast and kind of talk to you about a few things and he said he would be willing to come on here and it that might be one of those things where me and Brandon get on here and and you know ask him some questions or something but I got a bunch of questions about this CWD oh yeah yeah yeah, I do have some questions about that too. That's about like it. That CW, they got that figured out about like they had them COVID guidelines figured out. Yep. You're right. You're right. I don't think anybody knows what the hell is going on with that. No. Like, I think it's a shot in the dark. It's a guess. And I think it's a big experiment right now because, I mean, oh. you don't know you what get- the heck's going to happen. Did you get a letter in the mail from the Wildlife Service wanting you to take a tally of what all the animals you've seen in the woods? No. And it might, it might not be because you're not in the, the zone or whatever, but they sent us guys in Iredell County a, a tally. Uh, how many squirrels you've seen on this date? How many raccoons you've seen? How many deer? How many bucks? They want us to do their homework for them. What the? What do we pay them for? And I, you know, I mean, I don't even know where my piece of paper is at. Nah, they probably didn't send it to me because I'm not in the in the deer zone that that y'all are in or whatever. But let me right. I'm gonna read you off these dates. These people that don't know what what um, Burke County is is like hunting, and you you you'll understand. So it comes in just like everybody else's season. September 10th, bow starts, and it but it only runs until October 2nd, and then October 3rd through october 15th that's your muzzleloader season right there october 3rd through october 15th Shh, i'm on the podcast <laughs> who was that wyatt yeah both wyatt and elliot are now out here oh awesome okay 
So um, then after October 15th, it goes back to bow from October 16th to November 20th. And then November 21st, it goes to gun season. Uh, from November 21st through December uh, 10th is gun season. But only in the first five days of gun season can you shoot a doe. After that, is it's buck only. After December 10th, it goes back to bow to from December 11th to January 2nd, and you can still only shoot a buck during that time. So that that that's well that that just defeats the purpose of you know how do y'all handle y'all's rut up there? So that's the thing. That's the thing is is so, and it's of course our rut's not much different than y'all's, but. I will say that these mountain deer up here, they do rut a little different than, than, you know, what y'all's rut is. Um, because I, I've talked to several people that, you know, they've already got bucks fighting. They've got, oh, yeah. they've got bucks chasing does. Y'all got bucks in the fields, you know, a lot of, a lot of daytime pictures of deer and, and all kinds of stuff down that way. Right. I'm starting to get a little nervous in the fact that, I'm out of town. We're going to Raleigh November 5th opening day for her aunt's um, birthday. And last week I had an 11-pointer in the field in broad daylight. Right. Right, right after a doe went through there. Right. So you, you've now, already. Like, yeah. And it and that kind of scares me because I won't be able to hunt till November the 7th. And I'm afraid that they're already starting to rut. And They've, see, been, fighting. they've been fighting for three weeks. And see, that's the crazy thing. That that right there blows my mind because I still have bachelor groups of bucks on camera every day. That's crazy. The the biggest bachelor group that I have is four eight pointers, one with a split brow tine, one with with an easily seventeen inch spread, and then the other two are small smaller deer. I'm not gonna say small deer, but they're smaller deer. I would say probably around a two-year-old deer or whatever that, I, that I'm not going to shoot. But those deers at this time, I would think, have no business being around each other. Like They, they should be either fighting or, or chasing does, and they're not. They're, they're still bachelored up. That's crazy. We been, I hadn't seen bucks together since last week of September, first week of October. Uh, yeah, that's wild. So you I wonder can, if it has to do with your mountain, you know, you being a higher elevation. I, I don't know. So I think that's I think that's got a lot to do with it. Because um, like, I mean, you're far enough away, y'all will get snow and we won't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there'll be there'll be sometimes in the morning, like I'll wake up and there'll be, you know, an inch of snow on the ground, and like Stacey's yeah, we, like, it's uh, it's sixty five degrees down here. Yeah, well, yeah, or it just rained. Y'all got an inch of snow and we got you know. Yeah. Rain, so. but it's, it still melts just like everywhere else in North Carolina by lunchtime. It's gone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't, I don't either. But that that's why I don't muzzle or hunt because I don't, I don't have any other properties that I that I hunt. Um, I haven't had properties you know outside of where I normally hunt in a long time, which I could always go back to mom and dad's and hunt if I wanted to, but I just 
there's been several people that's bought property around the property that I used to hunt. And I just, honestly, I don't even feel safe going in those woods now. To really? Be, to be, oh yeah, dude. This guy bought the bought a property up behind mom and dad's, and it butts right up to um, the other property, which we had a four wheeler trail that rode through like the corner of their property to get over to the other side of our property, and um, they came up there and and built like a shed or something up there, and they blocked off the four wheeler trail where their property ended, which is you know, hey, look, the four wheeler trail was on your property. I completely understand it. I'm I'm not going to fight you on that. The thing is, is they blocked off the four-wheeler trail on both sides of the trail that that was on their property, which, you know, that's that's their thing. But as I'm walking up there, I see a climber on our property. Oh, I believe Jared have a new climber. Yeah. No, I left him a note on it. I left him him a note, a real nice, um, heartfelt, warm note, you know, welcome to the woods yeah. neighbor kind of thing imagine what that note said i've never seen anything heartfelt come from you <laughs> yeah well you were at my wedding i said my vows ever heartfelt that was uh that was the only time i had ever seen that <laughs> the only time yeah it went something like uh you have until next thursday to get your shit off my property or it's going to end up in the garbage or at my place yeah yeah because yeah. i mean this this guy i don't know this guy i've never met this guy before in my life but i mean you buy the property next to us where we were i was hunting the woods up there and he's come up and put you know stuff right on the line i mean he's got a feeder that is right on the line like if it's not touching the property line it's got to be a foot over i mean it's right on the line that's crazy and i mean I get it. It's still your property, but if you're listening to this podcast, pal, won't you move your feet or a hundred yards in? Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening to the podcast, you know, give me a shout and we'll talk about it. It's probably, we'll not, probably not going to be a great conversation, but we'll still talk about it. <laughs> I don't know who it is, but you know, whatever. I don't really care, but that's why anyway, so back, back on the subject, that's why I don't muzzle it or hunt anymore. I um, can understand. And, and now you kind of understand that being said, um, muzzleloading season is right around the corner for y'all and everybody oh, yeah. else in North Carolina, just not Burke County. Um, and that, and, the, and it's a big time. There's a lot of deer killed during muzzleloading season. This is, uh, muzzleloading season I think is the, is the season that kind of kicks off deer season. Sure. Uh, in, in, in my opinion, uh, a lot of people be like, nah, that's bow season, dude. That's, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, you can kill a lot of nice deer during bow season. I'm not I'm not doubting that at all. But muzzleloading season is, that's for the deer that thought he was safe at 75 yards because yeah. you stop shooting at 50 yards with a bow. It, it's for the deer that walked out there just far enough that you could barely you could barely reach him and you decided to let him walk because he was a nice deer. Right. And it's also, I think, you know, they had had a whole lot of hunting pressure because one in four hunters bow hunt. Right. So they hadn't had a lot of pressure, and now you get the female involved. Big boy doesn't really step out into a bean field in broad daylight. Right. 
and then all of a sudden she turns hot and he's like oh i don't care yeah she's going to the middle field gladys so am i oh and, oh gladys you smell oh, terrific oh gladys smell, i'm i'm running out in this field with you and then boom there it yeah, is i seen the guy in the truck he's here but i you know i really don't care didn't care yeah now i got a hope out of me and i don't know what's going on yeah so um some tips and tricks for people muzzleloading hunting. Um, I don't muzzleload hunt anymore, but I know you do, and you do a lot of shooting. Brandon's um, very capable of making like long distance shots and and stuff like that, and he shoots a lot with um, rifles and stuff. So that's kind of why we had him on the podcast this week. Not and you know, not that I don't enjoy your company, but you are. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use the word expert because you're definitely not that, but. I'm going to use something along the lines of, you know what the hell you're doing with uh, well, muzzleloading hunting. So what's some tips and tricks muzzleloading hunting that you've learned over the years that, you know, some people might make these mistakes and you can maybe save them a few dollars or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, muzzleloaders are, are very finicky. Um, this is not a, uh, this is not a rifle. It's never going to be. So in this, and I've learned all this over the hard, the hard times. You know, when you go, you get a good get a good muzzleloader. I get one with the twist-out breech plug. It just makes things so much easier. Um, they've got muzzleloaders now in 40 caliber. That'll go 600 yards. Um, now they're $2,000. Um, it's kind of hard for me to spend that kind of money on a muzzleloader. Um, for how long is muzzleloading season for y'all? Two weeks? Two weeks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, those guys that are buying those are, are going to Ohio and, and – and stuff like that so you know the the key thing about muzzleloaders is just keeping your powder or your pellets dry and what i mean by that is is if you're going to shoot your muzzleloader and sight it in um you, if you've ever shot a muzzleloader you know how dirty they are um so they require oh, yeah. constant filthy and i sh- i clean my muzzleloader every two shots i know some people say oh, that's ridiculous can't believe you do that but i keep mine at the same dirtiness that it is going to be at hunting. Because if you're going to shoot a muzzleloader 10 times and then go home and clean it, it's not going to perform like it did when the bore's clean versus dirty. Right. So thing is, is cleaning with oils and solvents. Uh, I don't do that until after muzzleloader season. I will get it out of the safe inside the house. And then I will take it to the range and make sure my scope is on. And then I will run a dry patch through it only. I will not put any more oil. I will not put any more solvent. Dry patch it till it comes out. And then I will load it. And after that, I leave it in the garage. Now, do you people, store do you store yours loaded? I do. I I keep it loaded without the primer. Okay. Um. But only keep, but only during muzzleloading season. Right. Yeah. When the rifle turns around, I, I typically I'll I, I unload it. And um, I definitely by January 1st, it's unloaded. Um, and after you load it for the hunt, I, a trick I learned is mark your um, ramrod to where the bullet is, you know, is seated. So, you know, OK, I'm not at my mark on my ramrod. I've got to push even harder. Ramrod. And, um, then you get, huh? 
<laughs> nothing. I was I was making a joke. You said ramrod, ramrod, and I, the only thing I could think of was Super Troopers. It's like our ramrod. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's just all that thing. Bore device, whatever. Yeah, whatever Stop. it is, the push rod. You know, the thing at the end push that you push rod. your shit down in there with. I'll be inside in a minute. Okay. Good job, bud. Okay, good job. You've had all weekend to show me that. We're gonna wait till right now. Right now, this is this is the time, Dad. Right now. All right. So, um, back to what I was saying. When I finally load it to hunt, I make sure that I have got it marked and my bullet is seated. And then it's I leave the prime right of it because that's unsafe. But I leave it in the garage or the truck. I try not to leave it in the truck because it can pick up some moisture. And for many years, I would take my muzzleloader out of the truck and I would take it inside. And then I would go hunting and bring it outside. And that has a good way of inducing moisture, believe it or not. And muzzleloader powder will soak up any moisture that there is in the air quicker than anything I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I've had my muzzleloader misfire. You've seen it. I mean, the last time. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this, this spike rolls out with foot and a half um, foot long tines and i'm like well he's been like that i'm gonna shoot him so going from you know in and out in and out in and out or whatever it'll soak up the moisture and you've had one misfire on you before correct oh i've had them i've had them several times well i think i was with you when you misfired one or um something something happened we went we were hunting that time and and you were hunting with the muzzleloader and yeah we were down there in that cornfield in that bottom we was having a good old time like we always do and i had been watching this i call him cowhorn spikes he had his antlers about a foot tall he'd been that way for several years and i he walked out and i told jared i said well let's just see what this old bullet will do because i try bullets you know um see what what different different things will um will do so what what do you what do you shoot now bullet bullet wise i shoot the elr 330 grains um some people call them ballistic tip i i mean it's it's a really sharp point okay uh, i was shooting those power belts for years yeah i shot the I, uh the last time i shot a muzzler i was shooting the hornady something i can't remember the name yeah. of them I switched to those ELRs because I had I had recent last year I bought me a new muzzleloader and I went and bought the long range version and they claim they didn't do 300 yards. So I thought, well, I need a more aerodynamic bullet and um, I went with the ELRs and you know I just wanted something that could do a little bit more than 100 yards because that muzzleloader is not a rifle. It, I can't remember my my ballistics right off the top of my head, but I want to say it drops if it's I got it four inches high at 100 yards. So then that means it is dead on at 150 and about three and a half, four inches low at 300. Dang. Okay. So, it loses a lot. Yeah. It, I mean, well, it's 330 grains and you're only pushing 100 grains. I'll shoot 100 grains of powder just because I like my shoulder. Yeah. Now, yeah. So, so anyways, back to, back to the story. You went to, you went to shoot this deer and. Oh yeah. Well, so before I had realized what was going on about muzzleloaders, I had shot my, muzzleloader and loaded it but i had cleaned the bore with rimmel 
So the powder had sat in there and soaked up that rim oil, and it sat in there for a week and a half. And then that big old cow horn spike walks out, and I said, Jared, let's, let's blast him. Of course, you know, Jared's down for anything. Well, well hell yeah. Get, so him, get him and the three does beside him. Stack them all up. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. So, I'm mad at know, all of them. We're, we're sitting in that blind, and I, I had a 20-inch barrel, so it was just inside the lip of the blind. Yeah, and I'm over there munching on Cheetos, like shooting. I pulled that trigger, and the bullet, we saw the bullet go like 20 feet. I'm, I'm telling you, I he says he's seen the bullet go 20 feet. I seen it fly over the deer's back. It, there's differences in stories, but, you know, go ahead with yours. I don't know how you could see anything with the amount of smoke that that thing put off. Oh, I could see it. There was something wrong with that powder. You missed him bigger than shit. I, that deer. Well, I missed him, but. Yeah, exactly. You missed him. <laughs> there was something wrong with the powder, I told you. <laughs> so, you know board dry keep it from going in and out of hot and cold hot and cold you know, so that is, yeah yeah so that, that's some stuff that y'all need to you need to think about. if you're if you're new getting into muzzleloading season or, or muzzleloaders or whatever and a lot of people are scared of muzzleloaders and i mean i'm not gonna we had a we had a friend in high school that had a muzzleloading accident and it killed him so i completely understand why people are are, are scared of muzzleloaders? Um, well, you know, but muzzleloaders. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, I'm I'm just saying, if you any gun can have a malfunction, don't sure. don't don't ever let that stop you from from living your life. Every gun that you hold can have a malfunction. It is a piece of machine. It is a piece of iron and metal and and everything that. If not using correctly, we'll kill you. And if you're not respecting it or doing something that you're supposed to be doing with it, it can kill you. Same same thing with the muzzleloader. It's just a different form of fire. That that's the oh. only that's the only thing. Yeah, it, I think it comes with a certain responsibility level. You know, I don't when I load my muzzleloader, I'm alone. Yeah, uh, just because I use the Pyrodex pellets, I always. I tried loose powder, but the Pyrodex pellets works for me. But if yeah. you're distracted and accidentally load double, yeah, that's another reason I mark my ramrod because if it doesn't match, I know something's wrong. Yeah. If you load 200 grains into a CVA Wolf, goodbye. Yeah, it's gonna blow it. It's gonna blow it into pieces. So that, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people are scared of of muzzleloaders, but if you if if you just pay attention and do what you're supposed to do with it. It's it's not a problem. Trust me, it's not a problem. It's, they've come a long way. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they've come a heck of a long ways from what they used to be. <clears throat> the the muzzleloader that I had, like, uh, I don't even know, ten years ago. I don't I don't even know what it was when I shot that deer. Uh, that was the last deer that I shot with a muzzleloader. I ended up selling that muzzleloader the next year, and then I didn't muzzleload hunt for for a while after that. But, um, <clears throat> but that even that muzzleloader, it was a CVA Wolf, and uh, it um, that I was surprised how far that it had come. Uh, muzzleloaders had come from that time. 
Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, we talk about, um, you know, the rut and everything coming up, the deer that are moving, the muzzleloading season coming up, all this stuff or whatever. What's a, what's a good story that you um, – have you shot a real big deer with a muzzleloader before? I haven't. Um, luck in the deer woods is not on my side. Yeah, um, I can attest to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I hope to change that. I got a lot of big deer on camera this year. Yeah, you're doing good this year. <clears throat> I'm proud. I'm proud of you this year. You've got, you've got some cell cameras out. You got, you've got some I, deer that are that are actually active and and actually look nice. And I, I'm proud of you this year. Them cell cameras, man. Hey, I, you you finally talked me into them, man. Them things have changed my world. Oh, I'm That's telling you, it, 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 there ain't nothing in the world that'll get you hyped up like getting a Dude. picture on your daggum phone of a dang big deer in there. Oh, in your spot, bro. It's gotten so bad that it don't matter if I'm at work and that thing goes off. I look at it immediately. I will wake up in the middle of the night. Oh yeah. To use the I will go through my Tacticam video or photos and then lay back down. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know how we, you know how we were talking about, um, the other day, because we were talking about Brandon coming up here to hunt or whatever. And, um, we had Baptist men's day at the church. So we ended up going up to the hunting property and shooting skeet and having a big time of fellowshipping with everybody up there, which was an awesome time. We had fun. <clears throat> me and Brandon were sitting there talking. And we we're like, it's probably not going to be worth it to go hunt Sunday morning because we're y'all going to be shooting so much up there that uh, those deer are not going to they're not going to come back like for 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 a few days. You know, they're going to be a little spooked for a few days. Dude, it was so funny. I laid down to sleep that night, and about nine thirty eight or something like that, I got my bachelor group standing in front of my camera no kidding and i was like goodness gracious like it didn't even bother those deer i don't i don't know it was crazy you said it, i said well you know I mean, well they do so much work over there at the, at the <coughs> property you know they're always on dozers and tractors and loaders and everything else over there and i've watched deer like i would be on a bulldozer and a daggum deer come walking right by you on the bulldozer it's like they don't care. Like they, they've just come. You know, they they see now what the heck is, you know, what we are, and like we're not going to bother them or whatever until you know I'm in the woods, and that's a different story because then you all die. Yeah, you count yourself lucky. You even breathe wrong down here. They're they're gone. Yeah, no, nah, I I get to the point like um like right now it's changed. You know, I'm switching over into deer season. In, in my eyes, I'm switching over into deer season or whatever. And it's getting to the point now where it's like, all right, listen, I've got six tags. I've got two months. Time for y'all to die. And right. <laughs> that's just how I feel. And, uh, yeah, well, and it's I about, hope that you, I can kill a big deer with a muzzleloader. We'll see. I hope you can. I hope you can. You said you was going to be able to go, what would you say, the 7th? I'm going the 7th, yeah. I'm going okay. to work late. What's the um? What's the weather look like? Can you look out that far? I don't even know. I ain't look that far. Oh, I'm gonna look right now just to. I hope it's Probably like right. I hope it's like pouring down rain. Well, I guess I'll go to work then. 
You guess you go to work. I ain't gonna sit out in the damn rain. I probably definitely will not do a muzzleloader. I promise you that. Oh my god, dude! It's supposed to be raining. No. Yeah, it says Monday. 70, 74 degrees is the high and a forty four percent chance of rain. You ain't lying. Right there it is. God. <laughs> Look at Saturday. Look at the opening day. Fifty four. You couldn't ask for a better. Oh a little yeah. Seventy two in Raleigh. <clears throat> oh yeah. There you go. Wow, look at that. There you go. <clears throat> Wind out of four miles an hour. Wow. Well, just go sit in your blind. I'll be in Raleigh. Oh. Oh, so you're not open. You're not hunting opening day. You're hunting the money. Yeah, I'm hunting the, that money. Yeah, that Okay, I got you. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll go sit in your blind on Monday. I ain't, not in the rain. Why not? Jared, you know me well enough. These people don't know, but I am—I what you call a fair weather deer hunter. If that, it is yeah. low thirty-two, or if it's rainy or windy, I ain't going. You wouldn't make it in Seattle, I don't think. What Seattle? Yeah. What are we? What are, who's killing deer in Seattle? I don't know if anybody's killing deer in Seattle. I'm just know that it rains a shitload in Seattle, so I just know you wouldn't make it up there, even if they were deer hunting. Well, you know, and I got a buddy eater, so I guess the thirty-two degrees isn't really. I shouldn't say that because no, Jared will hunt with Why'd he turn that thing down? Why is it so hot in here? I know, dude. The daggum walls are starting to sweat. I'm like, good <laughs> God. Like, open the window, bro. Come on, let's go. And he's like, man, they'll see you. They'll see you. Hell, they already seen us. They knew we was here when we got out of the truck. I fell coming down the daggum thing to get in the blind. I fell. They already know yeah, we're here. Well, I like to be comfortable. I know you do. I know you do. No, I mean, I hope you can kill a big deer with a muzzleloader. It's fun. So I've shot, um, I've shot two bucks with a muzzleloader. Uh, the first, the first buck that I shot with a muzzleloader was the biggest deer that I've shot to date. Um, score wise, he's probably not the biggest deer that I've shot to date. But body wise, width wise, height wise, I think he is. Um, I just, it's. I never score deer. I, I don't ever score deer. I know a lot of people are hung up on doing that. Um, you know, what did he score? 138. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he scored. But um, I think people get hung up in that number. They do. Number. They get hung up dude, on it so much. Like, dude, here's my thing, and I hear people talk about it all the time. It's your time. It's your land. If 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 you want to shoot your first deer with a muzzleloader and it ain't nothing but a basket rack six-pointer, who am I to tell you? Yeah. That that's not acceptable. Now, if you're on a deer management program or whatever, and you've got like property owners around you, I respect that. I'm not, you know, I'm not telling you just to go out there and shoot whatever, um, on your property. If you're, if you got something going on with your other property owners around you or whatever, um, that's y'all's business, not mine. I'm just saying like, don't get hung up on a number. Like, oh, I got it. I, I won't shoot a deer unless he's over 130. Well, that's good for you, but I can promise you if that deer comes walking on my property, he's smoked, son. So he ain't never going to get to 130. I can promise you that because he's not going to make it. Yeah. So, but um, that deer that I shot, for me, is still an accomplishment. Uh, sitting in the stand, this deer comes, this big eight pointer comes running in and, um, he wasn't chasing a doe. He was just running through the woods, and I thought that to be kind of odd. 
that uh, a big eight pointer is running through the woods and muzzleloading season and there's not a doe in sight. So I kind of sat there and just kind of watched this deer and he comes uh, from my right, comes over in front of me and goes off to my left and he stops about um, about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock on my, on my left side. And um, he just kind of turns around and looks behind him and then turns back around and takes off running again. And I thought, holy crap, that can really only mean one thing. Like, there's a bigger deer behind him, you know? And yeah. so I sat there, and I was patient. And sure enough, this other deer comes walking out. And uh, he walks out uh, in front of me about 78 yards. And I stopped him, uh, gave him the old mat, and stopped him right there. And pulled the trigger on the old muzzleloader, and she went kabang. And when the smoke cleared, the deer was laying on the ground. Hey, yeah. And I was happy. I was thrilled. I gave it the old jump up on the buddy stand, the old fist in the air, screaming, hooping, and hollering, right? And I guess the deer heard me because he got up. Oh. And I was like, holy shit. Like, uh, So I panicked, of course, because, you know, what else would you do? Um, and I started to try to reload the muzzleloader because I was like, I need to get another bullet in here when this deer gets up so that I can shoot him again to make sure this deer is dead. <clears throat> and so I'm like just beating and banging around in the stand trying to get this daggum muzzleloader. And he looks dead at me with all this movement and beating and banging and it takes off. And my heart sank. Cause oh. I was like, that deer's gone. Like I'll never find that deer again in my life. And um, and the funny thing is, so I knew I hit him because for one, I heard the thump. Oh, you can definitely like it. It smacked that deer. Um, and two, when when the smoke started to clear, the deer's on the ground kicking and and everything else because it had blew him over into a like holly bush um briar patch kind of thicket thing and i was like holy crap man like that that thing really put a number on that deer like it blew him over into that and uh so he's like all tangled in briars and holly bushes and everything else like underneath there and then he stops moving i'm like hell yeah he's dead you know i'll hoop and holler and then he gets up and runs off and i was like holy crap so I, I called my cousin and I, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to pressure this deer. I'm not going to go up there. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go straight down to the house. I'm going to get my pistol. I'm going to get somebody else with me. And we're going to come back up here in about 45 minutes to an hour. And we're going to find this deer. We get back up there and no blood. None. Oh. None. I'm talking about none. I cannot find a drop of blood and my cousin which at the time he muzzleloaded hunt hunted a lot more than i do a lot more than i think i ever have and he's like it's it's not a big deal he's like the muzzleloaders they they burn so hot they go in so hot that it'll actually singe the area where the, the bullet goes in and it won't let allow it to bleed right off the bat which I had no clue. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, but it sounded good and it made me feel good. So I was like, okay, cool. Which, I mean, is it a thing? Is that a thing? 
I don't know that I've ever heard that. I'm not going to say it's not true. Uh, I do know that a muzzleloader hits differently than a rifle. A rifle, when it goes into a deer, it, 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 it's doing some damage. Yeah. Because, I mean, it is moving so fast. But a muzzleloader is, is typically going for a lot slower. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's just what he told me. It made me feel good at that time, so I just rolled with it. And oh, we'll go with it. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, he was like, "Well, which way did it run?" And I was like, "It ran this way." And we kind of started walking, and then I finally found a little bit of blood. And I was like, "Okay, all right." So now we now we've got a little bit of blood. Well, then he goes uphill, and when he goes uphill, I guess it either closed it off, closed off the wound or or, or something. I don't know. But he went up the hill, and when he got to the top of the hill, he turned left, and then he came back down the hill. So as yeah. I'm going up the hill, looking where this deer goes, I kind of look to my left, and there he is, laying over there on the side. And wow. dude, I was, oh man, I was happy. We now, did up, he have? A, do, do what? Did he have an exit wound? Uh, no, he did not. Because a lot of times, that's why a lot of times you don't see a lot of blood and muzzleloading is it, they don't come out. Yeah. Now, They'll now, go in there. Now, the second deer that I shot with a muzzleloader, which was um, not really a, a, a huge deer by no means, but it was a, 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 a nice six-pointer. Um, I shot him with a muzzleloader, and I only shot him at like 50 yards, and he didn't run at all. And there was an exit wound, and there was a lot of blood. So, it, I don't know if if... I don't know what the difference is. I, re- I really don't. I don't know I, if there's I, a difference in the yardage of where I shot that deer. And, the, and at 50 yards, you know, it made a clean pass and there was no problem. I don't know. I have no clue. I, no, it's hard to say. I, last year, I shot a, my a, my furthest kill with a muzzleloader. It was at 180 yards. It was a doe. And I, I watched her come across the field from over 400 yards. And she stopped. And I was like, oh, man, she's not going to come over here. And I was like, I really want some tenderloin. And she just stood there, and she started stomping that foot. And I oh, thought, "Oh no, nanny, she about to oh. she about to catch the smoke." And I thought, "I know you ain't smelling me, but there is something over here you don't like." Well, let me just throw this thing on up here and see if I can't blast you. And I shot her at 180 yards, and it that bullet went through her. But I've hit, him at, I've hit him at 50 yards, and it not go through. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know what the difference is. It's oh, definitely, uh, I don't know. It's Jared, t- uh, Jared will uh, be the first one to tell you. I can hit a piece of paper at a thousand yards all day long. Yeah, but when a deer, but you, when the deer steps out, you put a deer in front of me, it's, it's hell's bells. It's Katie bar the door. It's over. A funny, funny story. Uh, we're, and we're going to have to get off here after that. But funny story is I had this gun that I bought from, from a guy and, uh, dude, I couldn't hit anything with this gun i'm I'm talking about like i missed i missed two deer with it this the second deer that i missed with it i i said i'm selling the gun because i i could target shoot with this thing put it on paper and you know it was okay um but then like the next day i couldn't i couldn't shoot it like i don't know what the heck is wrong with the gun i told brandon i said there's something wrong with the gun like there, there's obviously something wrong with the gun because I cannot shoot this gun. Like it, I have it on paper. I miss a deer. I come back and I pattern it on paper and it's off paper. And then I put it back on paper and then I miss a deer again. And I don't understand what the hell's going on. So I sold this gun to Brandon and 
he tells me every chance that he gets um, that this is the best shooting gun that he's ever had in his life. Hey, listen. I I didn't put much into this rifle. Jared was so mad at it. He said, you, he, he damn near gave it to me. I, I, he, I almost paid him to take it. I mean, that's and, how uh, mad I was at this damn gun. He said, hey, that, that gun ain't going to be worth a damn. You'll never. I, I kept the same scope on it. I, the only thing I changed is I am a federal man. If it's federal, it's for me. So I went down there. This is federal before COVID. bullets, federal offenses. He's he's about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I went down there and got a box of them federal fusions, and that I'm telling you, I tell Jared this every single time I shoot that gun, it will touch holes at a hundred yards, and I'm touching holes with a three by nine by forty Tasco scope. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it, you. So tight that it makes you feel like you're missing the target until you walk down there and see how tight they are. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you telling me that every chance you get because it makes me oh, feel man, really good. That is, that's a be- I got that that thing will outshoot fifteen hundred dollar rifles of mine all day long. I hate you. And it ain't nothing, dude. It is nothing but a Mossberg nineteen seventy bolt action. Doesn't even have a number other than two forty three on the barrel, and hands down, I put I'll take your money with that rifle. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's I don't I don't understand it, but I'm glad it works out for him. That's the only thing. I mean, it's the better shooter. Oh, <laughs> you said it earlier. Oh <laughs> my god! All right, we're gonna get off here because it's getting deep now. It's getting deep now. <laughs> well. Anyways, good luck to you uh, with the muzzleloading season coming up, and we're we're gonna get together and get hunting here soon. Yeah, good luck to all the listeners. I hope y'all y'all knock a big and down. Even if you don't, send pictures to Jared. We'd love to take a look at it. You know, tell us your setup. What you shooting? What bullet? We'd love to hear hear from y'all. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, buddy. I'll holler at you later. All right, man. Take care. See you. All right, man, everybody, thanks for listening this week. Uh, As I mentioned last week, um, the giveaway, we are doing that this week. We're going to start it this week. I'm going to put instructions on the post that you have to listen to the podcast to be able to be entered into the giveaway. And the way that I'm going to do that is... When you go and click on or, or see the post that I put on Facebook and Instagram, either one does not matter to me, whatever which one you want to do, I want you to comment a number between 1 and 50. I don't care what the number is. The number does not have any significance of you winning or losing the giveaway. Just pick a number between 1 and 50. Then share the post to your Facebook or Instagram. That's it. And that'll get you entered into the giveaway. The giveaway is going to be a Yeti bucket, a sand spike, a pursuit, uh, I think it was a pursuit four, a pin, reel, and rod set up on a 10-foot rock. That's what the giveaway is going to be. So... Pick a number between 1 and one and 50, comment your number, 
that way i know that you listen to the podcast we had a lot we had a few people last time not not going to throw any names out or anything like that but they didn't even listen to the podcast they were just trying to get in the giveaway so this way when they look at it it, they're going to go i don't know what number to comment because everybody's got a different number well if you listen to the podcast i'd tell you that you need to pick a number between one and fifty so pick a number between one and 50 share the the post and that'll enter you into the giveaway for the bucket the sand spike and the and the rod and reel we are going to run that for two weeks uh the giveaway and then i will do a drawing live like i did last time uh for whoever wins it and i will either bring it to you you can come get it or whatever else after that now as soon as that giveaway is done in two weeks the very next podcast we will be doing another giveaway i'm not going to announce that giveaway until that podcast some of you know what it is already because i couldn't keep my mouth shut and some of you know what it is already but one of our new sponsor uh deep blue renovations matt williams which he was on the show has been kind enough to give us something extraordinary for the giveaway uh, as part of his sponsorship and um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat or anything but guys this is huge I'm talking about huge and you do not want to miss this one so get in this giveaway for the bucket and the sand spike and the pin reel we're going to run it for two weeks and then whoever wins wins the next the next show after that we will do the next giveaway I'm not really sure how long I'm going to run it I may run it for for two or three weeks. I'm not really sure. But we appreciate everybody for listening. We appreciate all the likes and the comments and the follows that everybody's been giving us. We appreciate uh, everybody just reaching out and, and being positive on the show. We love it. If you want to be a part of the show, uh, call me, text me, send me a message, whatever you need to do. Uh, I'll do my best to get you on the show. If you want to be a sponsor, call me, text me, whatever. Um and 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 we'll we'll talk okay um but yeah that's about it so we appreciate y'all listening for this week and we will see y'all next week